Well, good morning. I have no doubt that that child was super excited to go to class. It wasn't that the worship was over, because I could have kept going all day on that worship. I don't know about you, but that child was excited to go to class. That's a good thing. Hey, hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas. Hope that was a, a nice time to celebrate and remember the birth of the Messiah, of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, it's pretty wild to think, and hopefully, hopefully that's where you really hunker in in your mind and your heart at Christmas, just thinking of the wonder of, of God's faithfulness and His wisdom and, and, and just His plan and how incredible it is, the fact that He would promise the coming Messiah how He did and how He was perfectly faithful to fulfilling those promises even after years and years and years and years of, of the people waiting for that promise to come to pass. And so we know that God, though, is always faithful to follow through with his promises. In the same way, we cling now to the promise of his return, that he will come back. And so we're eager for that as well. Before, you know what, before we jump in the message, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll, we'll dive into what the Lord has for us this morning. Father, Lord, I, I've, I've prayed this every service because I, I believe it's just what we need. Father, I pray for a revival in our hearts individually. Lord, bring revival in our lives. I pray for a revival in our city, in our country, in our world, that Holy Spirit, you would just blow through and work and move and transform hearts and lives like only you can. I believe, Lord, like your word says, that the harvest is plentiful. May we be faithful workers in that harvest, Father. This morning, open our minds and our hearts to receive the truth of your word, Father, that we would know it in our minds, that, that more importantly, beyond knowing it, that we would live according to it, Lord, that we would do what your word says. So, Father, I pray that you would um, just move and work in this time like only you can. We love you, Jesus. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. I've asked every service this question to start, and I have a feeling that it will be a unanimous response in this service as well, but how many of you are glad that 2020 is about over? Okay, that's what I thought. For the most part, everybody is. Um, it's been a wild year, right? It's been crazy and strange and difficult for sure in so many different ways. I remember when 2020 began, I was super pumped about it. Even from a personal standpoint, my wife and I had planned this anniversary trip that we were super excited to, to, to go on, and then COVID put the giant kibosh on that and stopped that from happening, and all these other plans just never came to fruition like we thought they would in 2020. I'm sure you can relate to that, um, but this year it's been crazy. It's been one of great turmoil. And, and, you know, we've dealt with racial tensions in our country like we haven't seen and, and who knows how long we've seen COVID come along. I don't even know what to say about COVID anymore, to be honest with you. It's common. It's just messed everything up. 
We've seen death from it. We've seen just great division come from it. We, you know, we've, we've got political chaos with the uh, election and even more division, it seems like, because of that. And, and I'd like to stand here and say that all the, the division even that's happened in our, in our country in this time has been amongst um, the unbelievers. But man, in the church as well, there's just been unfortunately so much division and just not nice stuff going back and forth amongst believers. And it's been, it's been a difficult year. There's no doubt. I remember standing almost a year ago on this stage, the very first Sunday of 2020. And I remember sharing with all of you guys the, the vision, right? 2020 is perfect vision, the vision for this year. I was going to share that with you guys. And we had all these plans for this year for the church even. And most of it never even came to pass. And, and it's been difficult. I also shared with you guys this quote that's on the screen from a guy named Abdu Murray, and he shared this, I think it was April-ish, maybe May, I can't remember exactly, but I think it's very true, and I want to look at it again this morning. He said this, he said, many said 2020 would be the year of vision, right, 2020, only to lament that COVID-19 and social unrest have beclouded our sight, but perhaps God is using it all to sharpen our vision of the way things are and the way they ought to be. I think there's tremendous truth in this statement. And I do, even even personally, I think God has used the things that we've gone through this year to to sharpen my vision in my own life about some things in my heart, my, my life, how I view things. And I'm sure you can relate. The church as a whole, I think we've learned a lot of lessons um, just from all the things that we've gone through. But don't miss the truth and the facts that God is still at work and in control and he's using all these things. That's what he does. He works all things together for the good of those who love him. He's still in control. And I will tell you this, the trials of our life are not meant to break us. They're meant to make us. God uses all those things to bring about maturity and growth. I I, I just believe wholeheartedly, if I even look at my own life, the seasons where I've grown the most have been in the seasons of greatest difficulty. I don't stand back and say, God, give me the trials and all these things. But honestly, that's when I've grown the most and learned the most. And so never forget, God is in the work, in the works all the time with everything we're going through. But, you know, in this quote from Abdu Murray, he uses a word that we don't use a lot and we don't talk about a lot. He said, many said that 2020 would be the year of vision only to lament. And this word lament is something we don't. We don't discuss a lot, but the Bible is full of talking about lamenting and what that looks like and what that means and how we lament as followers of Christ. And lament means, if you don't know what that means exactly, it's a, it's a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. It has this understanding of deep mourning and Maybe you're here this morning and that's the season you're in. Just great grief, difficulty, mourning over some things that have taken place in your life and your family over this year or recently. Um, maybe, maybe that's where you find yourself. But the reality is we will all at different points in our lives experience this. Because we love people, we will all go through seasons of lamenting and mourning because we lose those we love. People go through some great trials and because of that, we will mourn and we will lament. But the Bible tells us how we are to handle that. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but even in the Psalms, over one third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. 
They're psalms of people crying out to God in their difficulty, in their trial, in their mourning. And we're going to look at Psalm 13 this morning, a psalm of David, where we are going to just pick this apart and help have, use it to help us understand how do we lament? How do we handle those seasons of difficulty and trial and, and, and suffering even? You know, so we've got over a third of the Psalms or Psalms of Lament. We've got the Book of Lamentations, which is weeping over the destruction of Jerusalem. There's so much to be learned in there. And at the end of the service, we'll look at a couple verses from that. But here's the thing to understand about lament. It ultimately all leads us to this place where we come back to trusting God and his goodness and his faithfulness and surrender to him. That's where it should lead if we go about it the right way. So Psalm 13, it says this, it says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Now, this is a classic psalm of lament. In your Bible, some of them probably in the heading, it says this is a psalm, or this is uh, for the director of music, a psalm of David. And we know that David knew how to, to write songs and psalms of praise and worship, that he was a passionate worshiper. But we also learn through the psalms that David understood difficulty and trial and lamenting. And he expressed those things also to God. And that's exactly what we have right here. And most of the psalms of lament that you see in the scriptures have a pattern to them. And I think it's really helpful, not all of them, but a lot of them have this pattern that we're going to look at this morning. Because when we are in those times, this is how we should respond. This is how we should handle those seasons and those moments. And so the first thing that we have to remember when we're going through those deep, difficult times, the first thing is this, turn to God. Turn to God. In this, in this psalm, Psalm 13, we see David turns to God and four times he says, how long? He says, how long, Lord, will you um, forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? You see what he's saying here? David is going before God and he's saying, I feel forgotten by God. I feel like you've hidden your face from me. He's wrestling with pain and sorrowful thoughts. His enemy seems to have the upper hand on him. But what does he do in those moments? When he's going through all that, he turns to God. He turns to God. And we too, in those moments, we have to turn to God. When you're in pain and turmoil and suffering and difficulty, turn to God. Let me tell you guys, don't try to handle those seasons and those things on your own. I'm an internal processor personally. Like I internalize things and my immediate, immediate thought in situations is I can handle this. But we must throw that out the window with everything. And our first response in all things in life needs to be, I need to turn to God. Why would I rely on my wisdom, finite wisdom, when I could rely on the infinite, perfect wisdom of God? 
Why would I turn to my own strength when I could have the strength of the Holy Spirit working in and through me? So we turn to God. Don't try to go through those seasons on your own. Don't pretend it's not there and live in denial and be fake. So often in seasons of deep lamenting, we're just in denial. We're like trying to be all positive, like, oh, it's not there. You guys been around people where there's something just crazy that's happened in their lives and they're like, oh, everything's great. They're in denial. They're in denial and eventually that will catch up. So don't pretend it's not there and be fake. You turn to God. Don't turn to the world. Don't turn to the world and its remedies. The world will tell you all sorts of things and has plenty of advice on how to go through seasons of lamenting and mourning and sorrow. But I can promise you one thing. All the world's remedies are empty. They're shallow. They're hollow. They might benefit for a short season, but they're not lasting. They don't bring true healing and restoration. So we don't turn to any place in our seasons of lamenting, but we turn to God. So first, we turn to God. Secondly, we're to be honest with God. We're to be honest. You know, in those difficult seasons, know that God can handle your raw, honest feelings and thoughts. David here, he says, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? Have you guys ever been in a season like that where it's like your mind is consumed with whatever it is you're dealing with and it's like on replay and you can't get it out and it's driving you nuts and you're like, God, how long is my mind going to be consumed with this? How long am I going to have this pain and this sorrow in my heart? And David is saying those things to the Lord. He's saying, how long will the enemy continue to have triumph over me, to have the upper hand on me? He's not holding anything back. He's just coming to God and being honest. He's turning to him, but he's not sugarcoating anything. He's saying, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm questioning. But he turns to God and he's honest with God. You know, we just were coming, we're on the heels of Christmas. We just celebrated Christmas. And there's actually a story of lament in the Christmas story that most of the time we just kind of skip over because it's not always fun to talk about this stuff, but it's important because we all go through those seasons. But in the story of Christmas, uh, you know, the, mag, the, the Magi stop in Jerusalem and they're talking with King Herod and he hears about the birth of the new king. And he doesn't like that. He doesn't like that at all, and so he gets upset, and what he does is he orders that all the males two years and younger in, in the region of Bethlehem be killed, all of them to be killed. Can you imagine the cries in the morning and lamenting in an entire region when every young man two and under has been murdered? Can you imagine the moms and the dads and brothers and sisters and grandparents just crying out and mourning and lamenting before God? I can't imagine them, them coming before God and saying, God, how much longer is evil going to continue to have its way in this world? How much longer are we going to have to deal with this kind of pain and garbage and effects of sin? How much longer? And just crying out to God. And in fact, in Matthew, when it's telling the story and talking about all of it, um, Matthew quotes from Jeremiah and in chapter 2 and verse 18, and it says this, it says, A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. What an intense picture of lamenting that we see going on. Now, here's the thing, guys. 
The Bible's full of examples of seasons like this. To follow Christ does not mean you're exempt from those. You should expect it. It's not if trials come, but when. And in those, remember, the first thing that we do is we turn to God. And the second thing we do is we just be honest before him. And do not forget, like it says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 4, Blessed, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God understands that we will mourn. And in that, he will also be the one to provide comfort for you in those seasons. So we turn to God, we be honest and real with the Lord, and then the third thing we see is ask the Lord for help. Ask the Lord for help. Seeking the Lord in these difficult times is a great act and step of faith. David here in verse 3, he says, Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. You see, unending sorrow can create uh, just a deadly silence that can lead to despair and no hope. It can lead to denial where we pretend like everything is fine. You guys, you guys do understand that when somebody says everything's fine, that has an alternate meaning, don't you? Have you heard this before? Fine stands for feelings I'm not expressing. Okay, so guys, if you go to your wife and you say, how's it going, babe? And she says, I'm fine. She's not, okay? There is feelings she's not expressing, and you can thank me later for that. I don't know where I heard that, but I think it's pretty true. So the lament in the Bible invites us, though, to hope in the promises of God as we seek and ask for his help. This is not going to be on the screen, but there's a psalm of lament in Psalm 55 where David just, he comes to God and he cries out and he says, listen to my prayer, O God, hear and answer me. He's begging for God's help. And we turn to God for help because, let's be honest, the world's solutions to our seasons and times of lament are at best a band-aid. The world has solutions to those difficult trials and seasons that you go through, but they're at best a band-aid. Only God can bring true healing. Only God can restore true hope and true peace that goes beyond your circumstance. So that's ultimately why we turn to him. In Psalm 121, verses 1 through 2, it says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You re realize when you cry out and turn your eyes to the mountains, when you come to the Lord and beg of his help, you're talking to the creator of all things, heaven and earth, and you, the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. We come to him because in him alone can we find true hope, true peace, true restoration and healing. Our help comes from the Lord. So ask the Lord for help. In our times of lamenting, we turn to God first. We're honest with him, with how we're feeling, what we're thinking, what's going on. We beg of him. We ask him for help because we need his help. We can't do it on our own. We just can't. We don't have it in us. And then lastly, choose to trust the Lord. Choose to trust the Lord. That's the final destination of biblical lamenting. Look at verses 5 and 6. David says, But I trust in your unfailing love. 
My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. That's where we need to end up. Lament is this prayer. It's a conversation. It's this relationship with God where we're laying it all out there and being raw and honest as we turn to him and then coming back to the place of truth and understanding that God is good and he is faithful and he can be trusted. No matter how deep the valley, he is still with you. And if he doesn't conquer that for you, he will be with you as he sees you through it. Do not forget that. But David says here, he says, but I trust, I trust in your unfailing love. He says, my heart rejoices in your salvation. Understand, this is one of the most beautiful parts of, of what he says, in my opinion. He says, my heart rejoices in your salvation. Because no matter how awful and terrible and, and miserable the season that we're in in life, no matter even if our lives are lost, we can rejoice in the fact that we have salvation in Jesus, that this life that we live here and now is not forever. It's not our everything. That God is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory, the word says, that's beyond all of this. This isn't our everything. And because of that and salvation that we have in Christ, we can have hope and our heart can rejoice. And then he says in verse 6, he says, I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Not only has he put his mind where it needs to be saying, okay, God, I trust you. He says, but despite all these things, I trust your unfailing love. My heart, in fact, is rejoicing in the salvation that I have in you, Jesus. And then it leads him to worship, to praise God, to praise the Lord for he has been good to me. Despite all the things that David is experiencing, he understands still the goodness of our God. He understands that goodness. Friends, you do not lose sight. And it's hard to do in the midst of things, and especially in times of, of loss of loved ones and things like that, that there is coming a time where God is going to do away with all lamenting. It's a promise. In Revelation chapter 21 and verse 4, this is the hope that we have in heaven. He says this in Revelation 21 verse 4. It says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. I don't know about you, but I'm excited for that. Because this world, this life is difficult. I think sometimes we find ourselves even in places where we, we ask ourselves or we think to ourselves, I didn't even know I could hurt like this. I didn't know I could feel so lost. But you know what? God is good. And there is coming a day where there will be no more tears, no more death, no more mourning, crying, pain, He's doing away with all of it. And praise God that when we give our lives to Christ, this is the hope that lays ahead or lies ahead for us. The best is always yet to come. But let's be honest. In those times, we're like, how long, Lord? How long is this suffering going to continue? How long is this pain going to continue? How long is this trial going to continue? How long am I going to remain in this, in this place that I'm in? We can come back 
and say, but, but despite all this, I trust you, God, because you are good, you are faithful, you are sovereign, your ways are higher than mine, your thoughts are not my thoughts. And one day, it's all going to be made new. 2020, it's been a great, crazy year, right? For sure, it's been crazy. And here's the deal. i got to be straight with you guys. Just because the calendar is going to flip to 21 doesn't mean everything's all of a sudden going to be bright and rosy. I don't, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here, okay? I'm a pretty optimistic guy. I like to see the glass half full, but I'm also a realist in the sense that 2021 is coming. And here's the deal. God's going to do some great things. I have no doubt in my mind, but it might not look and go like you think. It might not. The reality is we don't know what a day holds. We don't. I can, you know, even this Christmas. This Christmas was good. It was a good Christmas. But um, and I was even really excited. Like we're coming out the New Year's Eve, sir, or not New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve. I always say New Year's Eve. Christmas Eve service. We had a candlelight service. It was nice and it was great. And we were going to spend some time with family. And I'm like, you know, what? this is going to be good. This is going to be great Christmas, just at least a few days to end the year on just some nice, happy family, nice, good stuff. And, and then Christmas Eve, my aunt passes away. And it's like, man, are you kidding me? And my family just, it just wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same. And then some other things happened and you just don't know what a day holds. Guys, there was a family that on Christmas morning that day, the, 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 this, this mom, this grandma, healthy as a horse, nothing going on, her family woke up, but she did not that morning in her bed. On Christmas morning with her family, she passed away in her sleep overnight. It's like, I bring that stuff up just to say, guys, we don't know what a day holds. We don't know what a year holds. We don't know any of those things for sure. But what we do know is that no matter the season that we're in, God is good. He'll see us through, and you can trust him. I know it's hard in those difficult moments, but God is faithful. Turn to God, because it's only in him that you'll be able to find peace, true peace. You know that peace that we talk about a lot that goes beyond understanding, that you can sit in a moment in a difficulty and say, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know how it's going to be fixed. I don't know what's going to happen, but I have this peace from the Lord. He can give you that peace, but it's only found in him. So turn to him because there's peace and rest for your souls. There's strength, there's hope, there's comfort, and ultimately there's life. Ultimately, life is found in the Lord. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21, through 23, it says this, and we'll finish on this. It says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. My prayer for myself and for all of you is that this would be the banner over your lives. That you would say, this is what I'm putting in my mind. This is what I'm going to focus my mind on. And because of my focus on the Lord, I have hope. No matter what comes, because I'm treasuring Jesus, because I've got my eyes fixed on him, the author and perfecter of my faith, I can have hope. Because the truth is, his steadfast love never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning, and God is faithful. He is faithful. So turn to God, be honest with him, ask him for help, and trust him. Three questions this morning. The first is this. Are you in a season of lamenting? 2020 has been difficult. 
For some of you, it might not be from the big three, I call them, right? From all the racial uh, tension that's been there, from COVID, from the election stuff. For some of you guys, that's nothing. But you've experienced certain seasons in your life that have just been devastating. Are you in a season of lamenting? If you are, that's okay. Blessed are those who mourn. It's okay and it's good to mourn. There's a season for everything, it tells us in Ecclesiastes. So mourn, but turn to God and allow him to be the one to comfort you. Secondly, how do you handle your trials and troubles? When you're in those seasons, how do you handle them? Do you turn to God or do you try to take it all upon yourself, on your own shoulders, with your own wisdom, your own strength? Or do you turn to God and allow him to be the one to be your sustainer and provider? Are you honest with the Lord? Do you seek his help and wisdom? And then lastly, do you trust the Lord? I know that's a big, vague question, but in all of it, we must trust God. There's this tendency as we go through life to half-heartedly follow God, to half-heartedly allow him into our lives or say, you know what, God, you can be involved in this area of my life, but not this one. There's a reason it says in Proverbs 3, 5, to trust in the Lord with all of our heart because we're tempted to say, I will trust you with all of these areas, but not this. But guys, in the midst of our seasons of trial and lament, we must trust him completely. There's no better place to turn but into the arms of a beautiful father, like we sang, right? So I will lean back in the loving arms of a beautiful father and will breathe deep and know that he is good. He's a love like no other. We're going to finish our time this morning by worshiping the Lord, just like David did at the end of Psalm 13, rejoicing and praising the Lord. But be honest with him. If you're in a season of difficulty, just lay it all out before him. He can handle it. And remember, don't go it alone. Let the Lord be the one to give you what you need and invite other brothers and sisters in Christ to be there to pray with you and support you and encourage you. If you're able, would you stand as we pray to finish our time? Lord, we love you. And Father, I thank you that, like your word says, we do not mourn as those who have no hope because the truth is we have hope in you, Jesus. Hope and peace and joy that's beyond circumstance. We have the hope of what's to come, like it says in Revelation, that there is coming a day where you will wipe away every tear. Well, there, there will be no more death. There will be no more pain and suffering and sorrow. We want that. We desire that. We trust you for that. And Lord, I pray for those that are here this morning that have gone through just incredible difficulty, through loss of loved ones, through unexpected seasons of of illness and and pain and all, all the different trials that are here this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would just wrap your loving, comforting arms around those people, that they would know that you are good, that you love them, that you're still with them, that you haven't forsaken them. Lord, that the lies that the enemy tries to put in their minds and hearts would, would be fleeting, Father, that they would only allow the things that are excellent and praiseworthy and noble and true to reign in their minds and their hearts, Father. And Lord, ultimately, I pray that we would be faithful 